Gemara, Today's daf is being said in the Yosef ben Sarah, the Maratikanati, ben Esther, Ruach Hashem, Amen. Today's daf is being studied Moshe ben Dina, Elna Refarado, Fuata Nefesh, Fuata Guf, Fuato, Kerobala Omar, Amen. We begin today's daf on Lamid Zain Amudbet, and we are starting from the Mishnah. Shor shel Yisrael shenagach shor shel Egdesh. You have a shor, an ox that belongs to Yisrael, that gourd, an ox that belongs to Egdesh. It's an ox that somebody made it to Egdesh. He's consecrated it for the Beit Hamikdash. Veshel Egdesh shenagach leshor shel Idiot, or the opposite, a shor of Egdesh, gourd a shor of a regular guy of Idiot, patur. Either way, no payment. Shne emar shor reehu. Because when the Torah talks about goring. It says, Ki shor ish it shor meaning only when you go to the shore of your friend, velo shor shel hegdesh. But not the shore that belongs to the hegdesh, not your friend, the hegdesh is God's uh, stuff. So therefore, only when the goring is taking place to the ehu, one shore to its friend, either way, you damage hegdesh or hegdesh damages you, there is no payment. Comes the Mishnah continues, shor shel Yisrael shenagach le shor shel kenaani. Interesting case. You have a short of Yisrael that gored a short of a Kenani, a goy, a goy's animal. He gored it. Patur. You don't have to pay. We have to see why not. The shir Kenani, Shinagach, the short of Yisrael, but a goy's animal that gores our animal, Ben Tam, Ben Mu'ad, whether it's a Tam, meaning whether it's the first three times, whether it's Mu'ad, whether it's after that, Meshalem, Nezik Shalem. So the goy doesn't have it so good by us. If we damage his short, we don't pay. But if he damages our short, he has to pay even the first time Nezik Shalem full damages. <clears throat> now the Gemara is going to begin to explain to us the first deen in the Mishnah, the law of the Shor of Hekdesh. Mishnah is not going like be Shor of because we have a brighter. Shor Shel Hediot, a regular Shor, Shinagach Shor Shel Hekdesh, that gourd is Shor of Hekdesh. Veshel Hekdesh is the opposite. The Shor of Hekdesh, Shinagach Shor Shel Hediot, Patur. Good, that's not a kama. Why patush ne'emar? Shor le'ehu. Only when it's your friend's shor. Ve'lo shor she'legdesh. Good, that's not a kama. Rabbi Shemom ben-Nasya omer, shor she'legdesh, nagar shor she'legdeot, patur. Ah, so he learns. Now, if it's a shor of egdesh, that goes our shor, a regular shor. Egdesh is patur. However, if it's she'legdeot, she'nagar shor she'legdesh, ben tam, ben mu'ad, meshalem, nezik shalem. But Rabbi Shemom ben-Nasya says, that if our sword, a regular sword of Idiot, damages a sword of Hegdesh, even the first time we have to pay Hegdesh, Nezik Shalem. So obviously our Mishnah is not going like the Mishnah of Menashe, because it's saying we have to pay Hegdesh, even Nezik Shalem. So give us Amre, my Kasavara Bishamon. Now we need to understand the Bishamon, which means Tanakama we understand, because the Torah says Re'ehu. Re'ehu means your friend's sword. Good. So anything that has to do with Hegdesh, it's not your friend, therefore you're Patur. If it damages you or you damage it, Patur. But Rabbi Shimon, he says, it works one way. If you damage Hegdesh, you pay. But if Hegdesh damages you, they don't pay. Well, how does he learn? So the Gemarat says, My Kasavar Rabbi Shimon, If he learns the word Re'ehu, meaning the short of your friend, if he learns it literally, So that even the short of Hegdesh, that damages the short of Hegdesh, if Re'ehu is literal, so it should be Patur on both ways. The Eid Eid will have that. It doesn't mean that literally 
So I feel that this Nameh can I get the idiot to be then it should be the other way. If this damage is our soul, it should be Hayab. Maybe we'll say the Bishwan is really the Ehu is Dafka. And therefore, really I'll tell you that if our ox damages a short of Egdesh, really it should be Patur. Because the Torah says the Ehu. So why is it Hayab? The reason why if our short damages Egdesh has to pay, Oh, he learns, makes a Kama Homer. The Ediot. If a regular short damages a regular short, meaning to two guys, Uven short damages Shimon short, Hayab, he has to pay. So if he damages like this or the more so, so he's the baby to be sure he makes a cover on it. And then Mechayev, Kevin Ross's way. But we know if the Uven damages Shimon short, there's a difference. The first three times you pay half Nezik. After that, you pay full Nezik. He wants to say that what? That by Igdesh, if you damage this, even the first time you have to pay, Nezik Shalem. How does he make a cover homer? And Gebarah says, When you make a cover homer, you could learn it, but you cannot be stronger than where you're learning it from. And therefore, just like a regular case of So here also, how did you learn that it's Nezik Shalem if you damage Igdesh? So the Gebarah says, Ela Amar which means when we read the Torah, the Torah tells us two payments of a shor. Sometimes you pay full damages. That's if it, it's a muad. Muad means it gored more than three times. And that pasuk of an animal that gored more than three times, it doesn't say the word re'ehu at all. It just says a shor damages another shor. It doesn't say re'ehu. And it says you pay full damages. Also, when we read that pasuk of full damages, it's including even if you damage a shor of hegdesh. And uh, that's what you're going to have to pay. That's what the Bishra Menashe learns. And if I read it inside, everything is included in this, even if it's sort of a joy damage, sort of a glitch. Oh, but when it's said by a tam, that's Hatsi Nezik, it says the word it's to teach us. Only by a regular shor, the first three times you pay Hatsi Nezik. Which means, when it talks about a Mashor Mu'ad, it doesn't say the word De'ehu. That means what? You're always going to pay Nezik Shalem, even if a short of Hid, your damage is a short of Egdesh. Nezik Shalem. Oh, but it says De'ehu by, by the Tam case. Yeah, that's exclude. Only De'ehu is there a difference between Tam and Mu'ad. But by Egdesh, you pay Mu'ad even for the first time. That's the way the Bishwam Anash is learning. It's actually a Pasuk. The Imken. Because if it was coming to say patur, or that there's, that there's a difference, which means if you're going to tell me that there's a difference between uh, mu'ad and tam by a short of egdesh, it could have said the word ehu by mu'ad to tell me that davka ehu that what when it goes you pay mu'ad, but maybe you always pay chatzinezik. The fact that it didn't say it by mu'ad, it wrote it by tam, is to teach me that what. Only a regular shor, the uvein damages Shimon shor, then there's a difference between Tam and Mu'ad. Shor e'ehu. But if you damage it, this is shor, then right away the first payment is already Nezek Shalem. Comes the Gemara continues, shor shen Yisrael, shenagar shor shenani patun. And this we have to analyze. My shor damages a goy shor. I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay. What does that mean? The goy is, what? Money is not money? What's the inyam? Amre mimanafshach. Again, we're going back to the Pasuk Re'ehu. If my shore damages my friend's shore, the goy is not considered the Re'ehu. 
and put them in different places because they don't fulfill the mitzvot. So again, he saw that they don't fulfill the seven mitzvot, and as a result, he exiled them. How do we know the word vayatir? Because this is vayatir goyim. And they're learning over here, vayatir means he sent them into exile. How do you know the word vayatir means exile? So it says, vayatir goyim. By the different uh, grasshoppers and things like that, the Torah refers to them, they have wings that they used to jump on the land. So the word is to jump, like exile. A country jumps from one place to another. They jump. So similarly, means to jump. So means God caused the Goyim to jump from one land to another because they didn't keep the seven mitzvot. My dear Rabbi Yosef, and how did Rabbi Yosef learn this pasuk? Yosef, God again saw that the Goyim are not keeping the seven mitzvot in Noah. So God uh, allowed us to make. Um, oh, which means so God took away um, the reward, even if they're going to fulfill the mitzvot. God said, since you were so neglectful, now even if you're going to fulfill the seven mitzvot, amar which means I'm sorry, I repeat, I repeat again, that God saw that the goyim are not fulfilling the seven mitzvot. Ra'a So He said, you know what? It's mutar. So the Gemara asks, what kind of business is that? It's good, it's God. What God's rewarding them? You're rewarding the sinner. The sinner doesn't do the mitzvot. So God said, you know what? You're not doing it. So you're patur. That doesn't make any sense. So he was Amar Morbid Ravina, Domar. That's what it means. Once they were so neglectful, now God says, even if you're going to fulfill the seven mitzvot in Noah, you are not going to get reward for it. That was the punishment that God gave thee. And of course, they're going to get punished uh, because they did not fulfill the seven mitzvot. Comes the Gemara and continues. And the Gemara says, Velo. Which means, are you telling me that the Goyim are not going to get reward for their mitzvot? Ve'atanya, we have a b'raita, Rabbi Meir Omer, Minayin she'afidu nukhri ve'osik b'torah, that a Goy, that learns Torah, shuki kohen gadol, that's like a kohen gadol, so you see what? Sounds like he's going to get reward for, uh, for learning Torah. How do we know? Tamud Omar, asher ya'aseh otam ha'adam ba'haybaim. It says that if an Adam fulfills the Torah, learns Torah, he gets reward. It doesn't say Asher Yaseh Otam Hakohen or Halevi or Yisrael. Ela Adam, a human being. Halamata Shafilu Nochri Veosik Batora Hareuki Kohen Gadol. So you see, even if a guy that studies Torah, he indeed is going to get reward. Now, uh, we're talking about over here. He's studying Torah of his mitzvot. Not our mitzvot. He's studying the seven mitzvot in Noah, and he's fulfilling it. And it says if he studies his mitzvot and fulfills his mitzvot, he gets reward. So how can you tell me he doesn't get reward? They're going to get reward, but not like they were commanded to do it. The Greenham are going to get reward like somebody that's not commanded and doesn't. We have a very famous Hadush of Rav He said when it comes to reward, 
greater is the reward if somebody does a mitzvah that is commanded than if he does a mitzvah that he's not commanded. We would think the opposite. We would say if a guy is not commanded and he does the mitzvah, uh, it's better. He's doing it on his own. But the Gemara says, no, when you're commanded, you get more reward because there's a nature of a person that it's harder to do because he really doesn't want to be told what to do. There's volunteer. Anybody can do whatever they want on their own schedule. So the Torah Gemara is saying, yeah, the Goim are going to get reward, but they're going to get reward like they weren't commanded. When they're going to get a lower reward, they're not going to get reward as if they were mitzvah. They all say, comes the Gemara and continues, Tarabbanam, Uqbar shalqa malchut romi, which means one time the Roman kingdom sent two uh, generals or two pekidim. Uh, pekidim is like uh, 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 officers. It's to the rabbis of Israel, and they said they told the rabbis, We want you to teach us your Torah. Karu, they were learned it once. They learned it twice. They learned it a third time. After they were leaving the rabbis. Amal them, so the, the uh, officers tell the hachamim, We analyze your whole Torah, the emetu. The Torah is indeed emet. However, only one thing we can accept. What is that? Yisrael, patur. That what? That if we damage, if, if the Shosh Yisrael damages our shore, Kanani patur. However, and they, they didn't understand because they didn't understand from the Pesukim. Because they knew the Pesuk says they're Ehu. So they said, Either Ehu, Davka, if the word Ehu is literal, so therefore, I feel the Kananiki and the Gavi should be both ways. Even if a Goy damages a Jew, it should be Patur also. Because bottom line, you're not the Ehu. And if Either Ehu, Davka, if the word Ehu is not literal, so then already, I feel the Israel, Kinagav, the Kananiki, the Chayev. Then he said the damages a Goy should be Chayev. Because they didn't understand how the dirasha works. But as the Gemara says, but they told them, well, you know what? We're not going to tell the Romans about this Devere Torah. Because otherwise the Romans are going to get you in trouble. So we'll do you a favor. Even though we don't understand it, we don't like it. We'll keep it a secret. Rav Shemuel Bar Yehuda. Umarat tells the story of Rav Shemuel Bar Yehuda. Shechiva le Berata. Barmanan. His daughter died. The rabbi's daughter died. So the rabbis told Ola, let's go and console the rabbi, make a, you know, a call to, to console him. So he says to them, what am I going to get involved in going with you Babylonians to console people? Your consolation is blasphemy. The way you people console people is it's against the law. Why? The Amnikos, what do the Babylonians tell the people when they go to console them at the morning? They say, what could you do? So they give us, that's not good. What? And if you were able to do something, you were going to do something? When you were going to fight God? When you go to the mourner's house, oh, that didn't like this line to tell the people, what could you do? What? And if you could do something, what are you going to do? Fight God and then break the gizet? Ah, he said, this is blasphemy. I'm not going to make a shiva call with you people. I'll go alone. Gemara says, Azalu So he went alone to give the rabbi a consolation. Listen to what he tells the rabbi as a consolation. He just lost his daughter. Listen to what he tells him. God tells Moshe, Do not surround, make a war against Moab. 
and do not even instigate. Do not even uh, uh, go in there and make anything with Moab. Which means, what Moshe thought to make a war that God had to tell him, don't go to war? Which is, God told him, don't go to war. Well, what was Moshe thinking? He wanted, he wanted to go to war against Moab? What did Moab do? So it says, Hela nasa Moshe kazahomen. Moshe made a kazahomen. He said, that's more. Amar, umam midyanim, shelo ba'el la'azor et Moab. Which means, Moab wanted to curse the Jewish people. That was Balak. What did Balak do? He went to Midian and asked Midian for help. So really, it wasn't Midian's idea. It was Moab's idea to curse the Jews. But they went to Bilam, who was from Midian, and they brought uh, Midian to, to do the, the, the dirty work for Moab. So the Gibbara says, God says regarding the Midianim, fight them and kill them. And they only came to help Moab. Well, but most of the Moabim, it was their idea to curse the Jewish people. If the Midianim that only came to help Moab, God said to kill them. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, certainly God probably wants us to kill Moab. It was their idea. Oh, that's why God said, Hey, not the way you're thinking, I'm thinking. There's two great ladies that I want to bring out of these nations, Amon and Moab. Which is, we know from Moab came a great convert, a great tzaddik called Ruta Moabiyah. She was the grandmother of David Amelech. And from Amon came a great tzaddik called Naama Amonit. She married Shinoam Melech's son, Rehabam. She was Shinoam Melech's son's wife. So God said, don't fight. Don't fight them. Which means I have a, a business to take care of. And if you're going to fight them, these tzaddikaniyot, these converts, are not going to be able to Come out, so you see what? Even though they were guilty, God kept them in the world because something good was going to come out of them. So now listen to what he tells the rabbi that just lost his daughter. If just for these two, uh, these two birds, they call them. It was like a bird. These two birds, meaning root and Na'amah. God had mercy, and he did not destroy these two nations. Bitoshu the bee, your daughter that just died. In Kesherai Uriai let Sent Mimena Dabartov, if something good was gonna come out of her, certainly she would have lived. Which is if she died, must be nothing else was gonna come out of her. Because you see, if something good's gonna come out, God even will save the Goim. Now we on the we question. Well I didn't want to go consult with the other rabbis because he felt they don't know how to consult. What kind of consolation is this over here? And it seems the rabbi accepted it. The pshat is as follows. He was trying to give a consolation. Barmanan, if a person loses a daughter or a child, Barmanan, and obviously she was young, so what's the pain in it? She had so much potential, she had so much future, so much uh, ability, so much things ahead of her, and you're crying that she wasn't able to reach that potential. The rabbi was saying, if she was taken at this young age, must whatever she had to do she did therefore you should be consoled there's nothing outstanding we don't think that something good have, could have came because if there was more for to do God would have given her more life like you see he did it to Amon and Moab therefore you should be consoled that at such a young age your daughter was able to 
reached such a, a level that she completed with normal people, let's say, take hundreds of years to complete or hundred years to complete. She did it in a short amount of time. Amar Bichayabar Abba, Amar Bichanan, Ena Kadosh Baruch Hu Mekabeyach, Schar Kol Briyah. God does not diminish the reward from every creature. Afilu Schar Sichana'a. Even if a person has good language, meaning he spoke nicely, God will reward a person for even that nice speech. How do we know this? The ilu bechira de ka'amra mo'av. Amado akadosh baruchu le Moshe. Al tatsarit mo'av al titgar bam melchama. Melchama u delo ha'angarya avid be'um. Good, which means when it came to Lot, let's review that story of Lot quickly. Lot was with his daughters in the cave after they destroyed Sodom. They thought that they were the only ones left in the world. So the first daughter slept with her father Lot. She got pregnant. She had a baby. She named the baby Moab. The Gemara saying that was not a nice name to call the baby. Moab is Me'av, meaning for my father. She's publicizing it. So as a result that she publicized it, God held her accountable for that. Many years later, God tells Moshe Rabbeinu, don't make a war against uh, Moab, like the Pasuk says. No, but Angaria, yes, meaning you can make them your slaves, that you're going to force them to bring water for you and provisions for you, which means you can enslave them. Why? Because she said not a nice word. She said Moab, which was not modest. However, Sa'ida, the younger girl, the Ka'amra bin Ami, which means she didn't say it explicitly, when she went with her father the next night, she had a son also. But she didn't name it Moab, she named it, ben, she named it, she named it uh, Amon. Amon is Ben Ami. Which is, in, she didn't say it explicitly, so God rewarded her for that nice language. You're going to go to Amon, do not fight them and do not even enslave them. Don't do anything. Don't even be, uh, be uh, don't, don't even subjugate them to become your slaves. Why? Because of the nice language that she had many years before. A person should always rush to do a mitzvah. Because that night, that Lot was with his two daughters, the first daughter, she went to do the mitzvah to have children. So God rewarded her. Who came out of that daughter? Ruth. Because that's Moab. And came Ruth, and eventually came Oved, who's the father of uh, Yishai, David, Shalomo. So he has four generations. Oved, Yishai, David, Shalomo. Now, the, the second girl, Yabarat says, the next girl, the younger girl that did it, the one with her father the next night, she did not have a benefit until Shilomo's son, who married, which was one of Shilomo's wives. Again, one of Shilomo's wives was Ammonit. She was a convert that came from Ammon. But look, before she came in already, the other girl had four generations of Jews from uh, Oved. Oved, Yishai, David, Shalomo. Whereas according to the, she delayed the Mitzvah one night, she didn't come in the picture until Shalomo HaMelech. Now we discuss the law of a Kuti. What is a Kuti? Let's review again. 
the Kutim over here, they were these converts that they were, the king of Assyria brought these people into Israel, and they were living in the Shomron area, and they converted. It's a whole machlok if the conversion is a legal conversion or not. Some say they were get emit, and some say they were get arayot. Arayot means lions. Meaning they only converted because in that area of Israel, there were lions that came to attack them, so they converted. But they really continued to worship their Avodah Zarah. So comes the Gemara and says, Tarunabanan Shor Ched Yisrael Shonagal Shor Shil Kuti, which means Patur. If you damage the Shor of the Kuti, the Israel is Patur. The Shil Kuti Shonagal Shor Ched Yisrael, but the Kuti damages the Shor of Israel, Tam Mishalem Hatzinezek, Muad Mishalem Nezek Shalem. So in the regular law, Tam pays half Nezek and Muad pays Nezek Shalem. Rabbi Meir Omer, Short, she says, she'll go to Shilkuti, Patur. Same law, that if we damage this or Patur, Shilkuti, she'll go to Shilkuti, but if they damage us, Ben Tam, Ben Mu'ad, Mishalem, Nezik, Shalem. Even the first of them have to pay full damage, which is according to the Bimeir, he looks for the Kuti like a goy. And we learned already on the last Amud that when a goy damages us, he has to pay even the first time full payment. The Bimeir sounds like he's saying a Kuti is like a goy. Therefore, even the first time he has to pay, Nezek Shalem. So the Gemara says, "The Memra, the Savara, the Mihir, Kutim, Gerei Arayoten." Are you telling me that the Bimir holds that the Kutim are really not real converts? They're considered fake converts because they were only scared for the lions, and that's why you tell me that they have to pay Nezek Shalem the first time. What do you mean? We have a contradiction. Now let's just talk outside for a second. We have a law of a Ketem. What is a Ketem? If a lady, let's say, is has Damnida. Okay, let's say on her garment all of a sudden one morning she stains. You don't know, because it stains a Tameh, is it not Tameh? Now, if it's a Ketem, if it's Tameh, so then if something touches it, it can become Tameh as well. Now we're talking about it, you found a bacon with a stain on it. Now you've got to know where it came from. If it came from a place where the majority is Goyim, you don't have to worry about it, because the stains of the Goyim are nothing. If it came from a place where there's Yehudim, then everybody has to analyze it. So the Gemara begins this subject. Call a Ketamim, which means you found them, you found them, that's the name of the place, Tehorim. Why? Because the majority of the people of Rekem were Goim. Therefore, the Goim, the Ketamim are not Tameh, you don't have to worry about it. Rabbi Yehuda, Metameh. Rabbi Yehuda says, no good. Metameh, Metanesheen, Gerim. He said, the people over there in Rekem were really converts, Vetoim. But they act like Goim, but they're really Jews. And therefore, if you find a beggar that's coming from this place, you have to treat it like a Ketam, and therefore it's going to be Tameh. Now, at this point over there, I want to read the proper text, because there's different texts over there in the Gemara. Masech um, Nida actually gives us the proper text, so we're going to read it again, just so we have a clarity. It's the Begadim, okay, Im Ba'u, HaBegadim, Miben Yisrael, Umeben HaKutim, oh, if you found the Ketim that came from the Yisrael or from the Kutim, meaning you found it from their private homes, Meaning, you found it in the home of the Yisrael, or in the home of a Kuti, you found this Beged, Temeim. That's Tameh, according to everybody. Why? The Kutim Gere Emeten. Because if you hold the Kuti, is Gere Emet, he's really a good convert. So if you go to his house and you see a, uh, a Ketim, so you have to treat it, Betum'ah. Now, Gebarai, over I'm just reading the new Gersayer, Hanim Sa'in Ba'arei Yisrael. But however, if you find it in the street of Arei Yisrael, Teorim. Why? Because the Jewish people are not nechshat to throw their ketamim in the middle of the street. That's no'em, that's ne'elu. What do they do? They'll hide it. They're not going to, if it's tameh, they're not going to throw it in the middle of the street. Oh, and him saying, but if you find it in the street of the kutim, 
Rabbi Meir Metameh. Why? Then Yashnuah Ketmeim. Because the Kutim, you got to suspect that the affected Ketmeim and throw them in the middle of the street. Nachamim Metarim, Shalom Yashnuah Ketmeim. But the point is, you see, over Kutim Meir, he holds that the Ketamim of a Kuti is Tameh. That means must be they were legitimate converts. What do you mean? You just told me over here that if a Kuti damages, nothing. Which means, uh, I'm sorry, if a Kuti damages, you have to pay Nezik Shalem, that means you're treating him like a Goy. So make up your mind now, you, but then you talk about the Kedri Kitamim, the Tetameh. So the Gemara says, Alma Kasavar Bimi Ekutim Gere Emetem. It's something they're saying to the Gere Emet. Amar Bimi Abus, and who answers, no. You know what the Pshar is? Kenasu, Shkanasu Bimi Ebe Mamonam, Shelo Yitamme'u Bahem. Really, they get it emit. But you know what? The Bibi didn't want the Jewish people to get close to the Kutim. They didn't want to get involved with them because they still have Abu Dazara. They don't do, you know, uh, the Mitzvot like we're supposed to. So therefore, he made a penalty. What's the penalty? That what? That their money is free. Meaning, if you damage them, you won't have to pay that to Kanaz. And if they damage you, they have to pay Nezik Shalim. Good. Which means really everybody holds that the Kutim are getting in it. Right? Elawat Achamim will connect their money. Okay? Now the question is how much do they connect? Tanakama will say, no, the first time they pay Hatzinezik, and then the, first, the next three times, or the first three times Hatzinezik, and then the, after that, there's a like a regular Israel. The Bimir says, no, we're punishing the Kutim. We're going to connect them that even the first time they pay Nezik Shalim. Good. Good, which is a court, good. So therefore, it's kenas. We kenas them because we don't want to get uh, uh, close to the guim. Not to the guim. I'm sorry, close to the kutim that uh, acted like the guim. Comes going on says, "Oh yeah, we're going to kenas them." Mativ nebizera. We have a law that says, "Doesn't matter if a person rapes somebody. A person rapes, he has to pay a kenas. He pays the kenas to the father." So it says, kenas." The following girls are betulot. If somebody rapes them. You get kenas. You have to pay kenas, 50, 50 shekel. Habal amamzeret. Even if the girl's a mamzeret, she's, she's Jewish, mamzeret is Jewish, zamari. Habal amamzeret, you have to pay the, the father uh, 50 uh, shekelim. Da'ala netina. Netina are these uh, descendants of the Givonim that came from the people called the Chivi that they converted at the times of Yeshua Benun. Yeshua accepted them, however, they were forbidden to marry into the Kahal, but they're Jewish. And therefore, if there's never Nitina, and she's raped, so again, the guy has to pay the knas. And furthermore, the ala kutit. Ah, you also have to pay the knas. If a guy rapes the kutit, you have to pay the isakadata, knas, and the bimi mamonam. If you tell me to bimi that you made a knas against their money, no, you just told me to bimi that what? That they have to pay. If you damage them, you don't pay. But if they damage you, you have to pay ready. They have to pay nezik shalem. You're knasing them. Oh, hachename niknos. Why don't you make a khras on it also? Which means, why did you list that a kutit lady, you pay khras for, for, for honest, for rape? We should punish the kutit, we should khras them. Don't pay them so you won't be uh, close to them. This is to separate them. This is just like you khras their money by the case of the animal damaging so can ask them also, somebody rapes the one of the Kuti lady, then you don't have to pay them. Yavara says, Amar That's right. We don't want to reward the sinner. Here a guy goes and rapes a Kuti lady. Now you're going to say what? You don't have to pay? No, that's already, um, 
which means in a case where your ox gored the ox, uh, you didn't do it directly. We could say, well, like you said, you don't have to pay. However, or the opposite. When the Kuti's ox gored our ox, we're going to punish the Kuti. Hey, you know what? You're going to have to pay. We can ask, we can ask them. But we're not going to can ask them that if we make a sin with them, that we don't have to pay them. Otherwise, you're rewarding the sinner. So the is fine. <laughs> Why are you saying that you should give it to the Kutin? Good. Let's punish the Kutin, but don't worry. We all let the sinner get rewarded. Let him take the 50 shekel and give it to the Ghanim. So the says, Because it's money that nobody can claim. You can't enforce it. You can tell them I give it to the poor people. So the first poor guy comes, give me the money. No, I'm going to give it to the next guy. If you're saying you give it to the father of the Kutia, the father could come and claim it. He's the claimant. But give it to the Aniim. It's a money that has no claimant. Therefore, that was not an option for the Hachamim. And we don't want the sinner to be rewarded. Therefore, when it comes to owners, you have to pay the 50 shekel to the owner, of, to the father of the Kutia. When it comes to damages, the Bimeiru can ask them that if they damage us, they have to pay Nezik Shalim even the first time, even though they get an emet. But it's a punishment, so we will not get close to the Kutim. Baruch Anwali Amen, Amen.